The Accidental Entrepreneur is brought to you with the help of our sponsor, A. Weber, the world's leading small business email marketing and automation service provider. Since 1998, A. Weber has helped more than 1 million small businesses and entrepreneurs through its suite of web-based email marketing, automation tools, and education. A. Weber, the best option when it comes to marketing your business. The podcast is also brought to you by the Alternative Board. Since 1989, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has been one of the leading peer advisory and business coaching organizations for independent business owners and CEOs across the world. By facilitating peer advisory boards, private one-on-one coaching, and strategic planning services, TAB helps business owners improve their businesses in ways that change their lives. And be sure to check out our affiliate sponsor, One of One Productions, the New Jersey-based podcast studio that produces and edits both audio and video podcasts. They sell equipment for the average podcaster and have even created a guesting kit exclusively for our listeners. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. All right, I want to welcome everybody to another episode of the podcast. We've got a great guest today um, from out in the Chicago area. And we are actually, today is July 20th, 2023. We are live, hopefully on LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, and Facebook. And if you're watching, listening, uh, please like us, subscribe, leave us a five-star review wherever you can. And uh, then we'll uh, introduce Nathan and his background uh, right after we get through the opening credits. So let's get on with the show. The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work, and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. All right. So, uh, Nathan, thanks for, you know, taking the time to come on live and uh, I'm sure you're busy with all the stuff that you do. Um, people will, you can hear me clearly, right? I can. Oh, absolutely. Good, good, good. Um, so we're going to talk about, I guess we'll talk about your book later on and some of the things you're doing, but you know, you're an entrepreneur. Uh, we, we, you argued with me about self-made, so we'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, you're in the Chicago area, right? You're in the Cleveland, old Cleveland area. Cleveland, 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 area. Cleveland, Chicago. Well, it's a smaller version, but it's uh, it's very similar. <laughs> well, I, grew, I, I spent two years in Columbus, so I shouldn't be have I should have Ohio on my mind. So anyway, it's okay. Um, it's okay. So why don't we do this? Why don't we go back and talk about your background because it's very interesting and where you got to and what you're doing now. Back, you know, when you were a teenager in the business, yeah. and, and take us through the entrepreneurial journey there. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Sure, if you like. Sure, let's do yeah. it. Okay. Okay. So uh, where would you like to begin? I'll start in the beginning, like when you were younger, what your background is, where you grew up, how you got into the auto business. Yeah. So I grew up on the east side of Cleveland. And uh, when I was nine years old, I started working 
uh, for a buddy of mine. His um, his uh, father owned a little construction company. And um, so I, I worked with him on that. And we would, oh, on, during the summertime, you know, do odds and ends. Like, and I really, it's in homes. And yeah, things like, like that, yeah, homes, buildings. He'd build little buildings, little homes, et cetera, okay. you know, on the yeah. east side of Cleveland. And we spent some time doing that over the summertime. And um, something I really enjoyed, you know, you, you know, doing. And in addition to that, you know, it, it taught me a little bit of a work ethic, you know, and in, in, in the way I was brought up, it was important for me to work if I wanted to have, you know, extra things to do, whether it might be, you know, uh, I don't know, sporting good item or something like this. I would have right. to go ahead and, and do that. In fact, I still have a baseball glove in my, my office that it's a Spalding uh, baseball glove. And uh -huh. it was it was put on layaway. I don't know if you're familiar with layaway. Yeah, they still have that stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, and that's how I bought the glove. You Basically, know, they hold summer. the product for you in the back. Don't that's sell right. someone else. You pay it over time, and then they give it to you. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, okay. okay. And, and I still have the baseball glove. Yeah. You know, from so this way they don't time. sell it before because you want to even have the money right there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's a good deal. Yeah, I liked it. You know, it was nice. And uh, so anyway, around that same time, uh, there was a fellow that I was working with who who had gotten out of prison, and oh. you know he he was um, you know he was shoveling gravel. It's called slag, but it was a certain type of gravel that you were working in the, in the construction business with you. Correct. Yeah, yeah, we were in the we were in the basement of a home, and the the dump truck will dump a big pile right in the middle of the basement. Sure. And then laborers will spread it out evenly through the basement, and I was one of the laborers that would do that, and. He had a real long talk with me. I'll, I'll leave some of the graphic details out, but it was a pretty stern conversation. And, and, the, and, the, and the gist of the conversation was, it's not too late for you. It's too late for me. You're a young kid. Do something with your life. And I started to think about what he was saying. And I challenged him in the moment and said, hey, look, you know, what's wrong with this? You make a nice living. It's not, he says, this right. is not where you want to be. He says, now, how look where you are. At this point, Nathan. At this point, I was 12. Oh, you were very young. And how I was old was 12 he? years old. I'm going to guess in his 40s. Yeah, so it's sad for him to think that he didn't have time, but yeah, that was well, his perspective. He also had a criminal record for murder. Yeah, right. Makes it very difficult. Yep. So it was a little challenging. And as you're an attorney, probably you can imagine how difficult it is to get a job when you get out of prison for that. So he was right. happy to have some type of a job. And he said to me in a metaphor, he said, Look where you are. He says, You're below ground, you're in a basement. He said, This is not where you want to be. So it was a long talk. Anyway, long story short, that seed was planted in my head. Mm -hmm. So as time went on, I, 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 uh, I, I struggled through school um, and I decided to leave in the, in, at the end of the ninth grade. So, so that's never, like 14, 15, something like that? Uh, well, not exactly. It was because no. I was held back along the way. Got it. Because I would miss school and they would hold me back, et cetera. Right. And, and, and I earned that right to be held back. See, it's not like. It wasn't like they were punishing me. Right. They were trying to help me understand that you're not ready for the next grade. At the time, when you're young, you don't realize that. Right. You realize that in retrospect. Yeah. So I, I by the time. I'm about to you're 16 anyway. So, yeah, that makes sense. I was 17 years old. There you go. Right. Yeah. And I was going into the 10th grade. And I said, this, this isn't going to work. It's just, it's just not a fit. Right. So I applied for a job at a dealership. And I was fortunate enough to get the job. And so this is what can you do at 17? What are you going to, what are you going to do? 
wax so cars, wash the prep? No, or? I actually sold them. I oh, sold you, cars. They put you right in the sales. Yeah, they put me right in the sales. Nice. A, yeah, it was real nice. Yeah. So so I met this fella, and he was uh, he was a real nice guy, and he took me under his wing, and he showed me the ropes, as they say. And I really took a liking to the business. But there was another fella that I worked with, and he wasn't nice to the employees. He was actually very rude and disrespectful. This was a manager? Or manager, yeah, yeah. One of our managers. There were a couple managers there. And one was just a very aggressive, we'll say, industrial age mindset, slave yeah. driver type manager. Right. Okay. And he wasn't pleasant for, by any stretch of the man. But he was very talented. He was very smart. He was very sharp. Right. And he knew, and he knew the business. He knew right. how to do it. Maybe his leadership skills were a little off, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. well okay. Well, let's, let's compliment him then. <laughs> okay. okay. They were a little off. <laughs> so, and I remember sitting in the showroom floor. It was probably maybe a month or two in. And I thought, okay, I love this business. This is great. I just don't like the way I'm being treated. Yeah. One day I'm going to own a dealership. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how it happens, et cetera, but I'm going to do this. And I made my decision at that point. And I can remember it was, I started in July of 1993 in July. So 30 years ago this month. Uh, In fact, it's close to the day. It was like like 27th or something. It was July though. Yeah, July. Yeah, there 30 years go. ago. Perfect. Yeah, so here, yeah, yeah. So in August, I had this. I made this commitment to myself that I'm going to move forward and I'm going to have a dealership sometime. And um, you know, so but from you, there, know, man, you didn't know how you're going to do. I it. had no clue. Zero. Right. And zero. I no idea. Zero. Just idea. Like, I'm just going to do this someday. I'm going to do it one day. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. No, you know? that, but you figure that out later. You got to have the fire yeah. and the drive first. Yeah. If you don't, yeah. if you don't have that, you know. That, that burning desire in your heart, that yeah. that obsessive quality of I don't care, I'm going to do it, doesn't matter to me. Right. You you can't get there. Yeah. No, we were talking and, about that off the mic. Yeah. Yeah. No, and off the an mic. Option. It wasn't an option for you. It was right? an option. Yeah. Yeah. But but I will say this. For people, if they don't have that fire in their belly, they don't have that passion in their heart and that obsession in their mind. Right. My advice to them is just get a job working for someone. Right. Because you're, you're going to torture yourself with one failure after the next, after the next, after yeah. the next. Because it takes a certain horsepower. It takes yeah. a certain amount of fuel to be able to break through these barriers that you're going to have so many people on the outside trying to Knock hold you back. back. Right. Now, maybe it, you could. Do you think maybe if you don't have the drive, maybe you haven't found the right thing. Maybe you can find something that will give you the drive and give you the fire. No. No, you think if you don't no. have it, you're not going to have it. You don't have it, you don't have it, you're not going to have it. Okay. Now, life circumstances can change that. Of course. Okay. Uh, God forbid you have a you know family member pass on and you say, okay, you know, they passed on for this reason. I'm now passionate to find a cure for diabetes. Okay. And you right. go to medical school and you become a doctor. I don't know. Yeah, right. But there's some life situation that can transfer you into this bucket of being obsessive. To the extent okay. that you're going to make this work no matter what. Right. In other words, it's like there's uh, there's an old saying, and I, and I believe it was Socrates that did this. Okay. okay? Uh, he, uh, a young man went up to Socrates and said, uh, I want to be successful. He says, okay, let's go to the ocean. So Socrates took his head, put him under the water right, in, until he could barely breathe. He pulled him up and said, what do you want to be? He says, I don't know. I don't know. Put him back down. What do you want to be? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Put him back in. I don't know. I don't know. He goes, all I want is oxygen. 
He says, when you have that desire for something, as much as you now have the desire for oxygen because you came that close yeah. to never having the experience of oxygen again, then you'll be successful. Okay. And, and don't quote me on it. I think I'm sure this is who uh, had the little experiment. Right. Today, we have different ways of measuring, right? Yeah. He basically but, waterboarded the guy to make a, make a point. Yeah, right. To, yeah. The point, to, to where the guy can feel that yeah. obsessive passion of, I need oxygen. Right. If you don't have that level of passion, right? Like you and I were talking off the mic. Let's just go with, uh, um, let, let's just say we went with uh, a 10-story building, right? And okay. Okay, so you have a 10-story building, and let's say uh, you take an Elon Musk or okay. uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Those guys are a 10, right? They have that passion. They don't care. Whatever it's going to take, they're going to do it. Most people you meet that are successful are a 2 or a 3. Okay. They think, they think they're a 10, but they're more of a 2 or a 3. And the majority of people don't even get off the ground. Now, I meet some 5s and 6s and 7s along the way, right? But we're talking, we're talking someone that is so passionately driven that it's it's the LeBron James of the basketball world. We're talking the 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 one tenth of one percent. Right. You see. Okay. So there's there's different degrees of success, and what I what I would focus on. You know, Nathan, I got to stop you. We got a little bit of a problem. It looks like. Maybe on your laptop, you have so the way this system works is it 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 records you on your computer yeah. system and records me on my computer system. Your computer system ran out of storage. I don't know how much stuff you have on there. Zero. Oh, because it says Nathan Langby ran out of storage on your end, and it stopped record. It's recording me still. Uh-huh. It's not recording you anymore. Okay. I've never seen this happen, and it stopped uploading. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is it's a it's a brand new machine. That's weird. Um, yeah, it says free up some hard disk space. I don't, there's nothing. I mean, that's, yeah. it's, that's impossible. It's a brand yeah. new machine, it's a brand new machine. There's no, there's no, the no. things on it. No, that's it's brand new. Yeah. And it doesn't take up a lot of space because I can see the mic's not, you know, it's, it's definitely the little light disappeared. Seeing, seeing my screen in the left corner, there's a little red light. Yeah. I got Kevin's looking into this right now. Yeah. So there's the red light on the corner of my screen. Your red light. I've never had this happen. I've been doing this for four and a half years. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's a brand new. It's a brand new iMac computer. It's a laptop. It's not even a laptop. Yeah. Hmm. Is that on a network? Uh, let's see here. I'm gonna call Kevin really quick. Okay. Yeah. Let me see. Live stream. Hey, Kevin. I can see and hear you. Everything looks just fine. Everything looks just fine? Yeah, because you're live streaming, yeah, but we're not recording it for some reason. Live. There's no issues. But he says it's not recording. Yeah, so we're not going to have the episode afterward. We could keep talking, but we're not going to have some weird thing. Well, let's do, let's finish the conversation. Yeah. Let's finish the hour, and then we'll deal with it later on. Yeah, okay, perfect. Okay. All right, so you were saying, yep. I'm sorry, that means it's Yeah, so I think the, the thing that I, I like to advise uh, people with is – is really think about what you really, really want, not from the standpoint of what other people want for you. Right. Or the romantic version that you create in your head because of how cool it sounds, right? To 
have someone say, oh, wow, what a great job, or you're that person, or you're, you know, it's amazing what you were able to accomplish, right? Yeah, absolutely. You have to strip that away. Yeah. That needs to be stripped away. What you really have to look at is what do you want in spite of what outside influences may think of you if you actually accomplished it or you went ahead and made that new mission a priority. Well, that's right? always the constant battle, right? Because now you're uncomfortable. You're afraid to tell somebody. People want to knock you down maybe because it makes them feel better or exactly. they're afraid you're going to screw up and get hurt. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Hard to do when you're 17, by the way, also. Uh, it's not It's not easy. It wasn't easy. I'm and sure you don't a, hire a lot of 17-year-old salespeople these days, right? Well, you have to be 18 to actually sell cars now. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Then you could. Yeah, okay. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All so right. it's a different different story, you know. Yeah. But, the, but the biggest thing is that it's, that it's that piece that people, they want – they want to be more than they actually are. So, for example, if I said to you, you know, for example, I'm I'm five nine, almost five ten, somewhere in the five nines, we'll say. Okay. okay, I weigh 174 pounds. Okay, and if I said to you, I want to be a linebacker on a professional football team, right? It's, it's not, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No, it's not, not going to happen. Right? It's not big enough. It's just yeah, not going to happen. Grow to six seven. No. No, it's not going to happen. I'm a 400 pound guy. It's not going right. to happen. Right. right. I don't care how bad I want it. It's not going to happen. So we have to take the time to discover who we really are. Okay. Then in alignment with who we are, match that with a passion of what our capacity is. Yeah. See, so it, it's, it's a little bit of a, I know I say it's, it's a balancing act, you know? Sure. Absolutely. And, that, and then that's, that is another book I wrote, which is foresight 2020 uh-huh. that there's a formula in there that helps people try to figure out what their capabilities are. Yeah. In addition to what they actually, in other words, what they can do, what they can't do, and then how to find that passion to actually get it done. Right. But the All biggest right. thing is you gotta, you gotta be comfortable with what you can't do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a hard part because people they don't they don't they don't like rejection. They don't like to be the outcast. Right, they don't like course. to not fit in. No. Right? We we all want to fit in somewhere. So we we do all these things with the idea of how can I fit in? Yeah. When you could truly strip that piece away of how do I fit in and just think to yourself, what do I really really want? It's going to make a difference. Yeah. It'll, it'll make Achieve a difference. things and invent things and create things. So, but let's go back though, because you're 17 and you're like, I want to own a dealership some days. I don't want to work with a guy like this. And then what do you do? You, you just keep working for four or five years. I mean, how did you start working your plan and figuring it out and, you know, that type of stuff. So I realized that the, it's interesting. So I actually came up with the term, don't manage your own deal is the okay. name of the term that I use, right? And that's that's the derivative of Foresight 2020, which is different than the Mercury Mind, which is the book we're going to talk about later on, okay? So the idea of don't manage your own deal is basically, and I learned this working in the showroom floor of a dealership. When I first started selling cars, I would talk to a client, right. and I would run into a brick wall where the customer wanted to leave. and said, okay, can I have your car? Thanks for all your help. You're very kind. You're very nice. And I'm, I'm still thinking about it. Okay, no problem. Right. I would go to the manager and say, hey, I got Mr. Customer over here. They're, they're ready to leave. They want a brochure. They want to go on their way. Okay. The manager would go in, talk to the customer. And 15 minutes later, 
the customer would actually buy a car. So I said to the manager, well, what did you say that was different? Yeah. That they, these guys actually bought a car versus they wanted a card from me and they were leaving in their old car. So what happened? He said, well, you know, sometimes when a different person speaks to someone, you know, it's a different face. And, you know, and I said, okay, that, that could be true. That's probably one reason of a million. Okay, so yeah. now that there's many more I got to figure out. And I, and I realized something. When you're on the outside looking in, as we know, we can see what's happening. But when you're in the middle of it and you're emotionally invested. Right. And the fear yeah. that's inside of us. Right. Just totally dill, dim. It, uh, what, it, what is it? Just dulls your senses. You can't yeah. It dims the light. Right. I think you're, right. you're going to say dims. The, yeah. It does dim the light. And you can't yeah. clearly see what's happening. Right. So I realize you have to find people that are experts in this field. Okay. So I began to speak to some of the experts in the field. And I spent a lot of time, you know, communicating. That's why you and I were debating at the beginning about self-made. Yeah. I don't believe anyone's self-made. Right. No, the only piece that's self-made, right. Yeah. right. The only piece that's self-made is the drive and the willingness to get there. Right. But I would even argue that. And that's where that transcendental piece comes into play. Because if a person says, okay, I'm going to work out every single day. Right. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to do my very best and I'm going to drive over the finish line. They're going to try. I mean, New Year's resolutions last maybe 20, 30 days, 45 days at a maximum. Right. Because their minds aren't strong enough to push forward on yeah. what our passion is. Yeah. See, we're all passionate towards something. A lot of these people are passionate towards doing nothing or they're passionate to sitting on a couch. Right. They're passionate to occupying their day through social media. Right. They're passionate. About, they're, they're passionate about doing things that are not productive. Right. Now, if they could figure out a way to things that are more productive, then they have a chance of getting to, you know, level two or three. Yeah. And, and get off the ground level. Right. And two yeah, or no. three is a pretty good place, by the way. Yeah, of course. Not everybody two has or, to be at five or ten. Right. No, no, no. Two or three gives you, you're, you're probably debt free. Right. Uh, you're living in a nice neighborhood. Maybe your kids go to private school. Most likely they do, right? And you have a nice life for yourself. Yeah. It's a very nice lifestyle at two or three. You know, five and six is a little different. And 10 is just, uh, it's Jeff Bezos and off the chart. Right, you know, exactly. those are different, different places. So three, two and three is not a bad place to be. Right. You see. But I think, I think your point's a good one. And it's probably the best advice my dad ever gave me was if you're coming into a business you know, I graduated law school and I went to work in the financial services business. I wanted to learn sales. He said, have a cup of coffee with someone who's successful every month and, and ask them what challenges did they face? How did they learn what they do? What do they think I should do? And you will push your learning curve. You can't because you really can't figure it out on your own. It's just like, no, walk, you right? It might or might can't. not. Yeah, it's too hard. So, yeah, so it's right. good advice. People help you along the way and hopefully you meet the right people. And if you seek them out, I think people in general want to help. Like they like passing on the, their knowledge and sharing with the next, not everybody, but I think most people. Yeah, I think you have to look, and, and, and I talk about this in one of the books, you know, there's two measurements, right? What are their credentials? Right. Which is, you know, a, a accumulation of their life experience in addition to how much time they spent on that area of concentration, right? Right. And then the other piece is their motive. What's their motive? The motive is a big piece because you can have someone who has great motive, but if they don't know what they're doing and you know less than what they know, they can lead you to believe not 
not because they want to hurt you, but because they're giving you information that maybe isn't accurate. Now, at that point, you're, you're, you've got the blind lead the blind. Right. Versus the other side of it is you meet someone that's really proficient what they do, but they see you as a threat. Their motivation now, because of jealousy, is to bury you. Right. So you have to be really careful on the advice that you you take. So yeah, you got to find and who you take it from that you trust. It's no question. Exactly about right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big proponent of if you have a small business, having an advisory board, and it could be list one or two people, yeah. you know, that you can share ideas with and meet and grab a drink or coffee or whatever. Because you do, you got to find those people that are not only smart about what they do, but you can trust them that they're going to give you solid advice and not what lead you astray. I guess right. I mean, that's, sure. There's a lot of sharks in the in the water, so to speak. And in, in, in looking at advice is important too because it's it's situational, right? Mm-hmm. In addition to that, it has a lot to do with the timing. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the different economic cycles, right. what works in one f- area of the yeah. cycle may not work in the other area of the cycle. Right. So there's a lot of things you have to really focus on. Right. And then you have to have a vision to be able to bring it to life. Because it's a, it's accumulation of people and processes, the timing in which you're going to implement these ideas in that economic cycle. All right, so, so it's, it, it's very challenging. Yeah. So, take me through like the metamorphosis of you. I don't know if that's the right word of you getting to the point where you're okay. Okay, this is what I got to do to have my own dealership. Maybe you have a checklist, and over time, and how did you get there? And by what age did you own your first dealership? Okay, so I. I started working for myself in the year of 1999. Okay. Okay. And I started um, buying and selling junk cars. So I worked in the new car stores. I left the new car store because I was working for a fellow who I left at one company I was with. I started working for another. The man that I worked for was older and ended up selling the company. Got it. So this is another dealership to sell. You were in sales. Correct. Okay. That was a management at that point. Okay. All right. So I, so I went, was in sales. I got through management, finance manager, sales manager, general sales manager, and all along that that six year window, we'll say. Okay. And then I decided to go on my own. Okay. And when I decided to go on my own, I I was buying and selling junk cars, like scrap. You're talking uh, two hundred dollar cars. I'd sell them for right. two hundred twenty five bucks, two hundred fifty bucks. And so what's who's buying a two hundred dollar car? What are they doing with it? They're, they're junk, using junk cars or whatever. Yeah. Junkyard, yeah. So I'd buy yeah. scrap, right? Okay. So then, I, and I started off with $5,000. That's what I saved. Um, to, to buy inventory and then resell. Correct. And correct, you need a special correct. license for that? You need like a... Yeah, a used car license. Car license, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, because then, then you're tax exempt, right? You're legally tax exempt because right. it's for the purpose of resale. Okay. Got it. So um, I did that for quite a while. And, you know, I, I built up enough there to where I then started buying more expensive cars and turning them. And, and I started on my first month, it was 12 or 13 cars I bought. So you basically and parlayed the 5,000. Correct. A larger sum of money in inventory, whatever. That's right. And then okay. by the time I was done, done in the regard of on my own, I was doing 120 to 150 cars a month. Okay. By, by myself. Yeah. It was, so it was a lot it was of volume. A lot 18, of work, sure. 18 hours a day, seven yeah. days a week. Right. I was, I was, it was a grind. I mean, right. when I say it was a grind, it was a grind. Every way possible to try to make this thing a go. Now, did you start there because it was a lower entry point, meaning you could get, you get a lot more cars with 5,000 and then flip them and do that? Is that why you started there? 
No, I okay. started there because that's where my passion was. I, I found the piece of the business that I really enjoyed, which is which, the trading piece. I enjoyed uh, the trading, which is almost like B two B, right? Yeah, it's just you know, yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's like you know, it's not. You build relationships with people, right? You're you're kind of working a system. They they're working with you. They need you. You need them. It's kind of it's a wholesale mechanism. See? Yeah. Okay. And I and it was a and that was a and I started doing that with homes. Oh, okay. You see, so I took my construction skill set, yeah, that I learned as a kid, and I put that in then into homes, and I did the same thing with homes for a while. So, a home that needed a lot of work, you'd buy it, put some basic money into it, sure. and flip it. Right, and then okay. 2008 came. Yeah, the whole world right. collapsed in the real estate business. Yeah, and and in 2007, I saw things were not. They weren't. I remember you can you can get a mortgage, no income, right? It was so easy to get. Yeah, so you, you just sign a piece of paper, man. It was done, right? Okay, it was bad. All of a sudden, that started going away, right? And I thought, if that's going away, then it's going to be tougher for people to buy homes, right? It's going to hit a brick wall. This whole thing, nobody's being able to refinance, buy new homes, whatever. Right. Yeah. So I got out of that business. Okay. I sold the homes I had. I, I did a few homes. I was out. Okay. And I was fortunate to get out. Yeah, and then literally awesome. within a year later, it yeah by eight uh, nine it was a mess. It was a mess. Right, right. So in two thousand and five, I partnered up with a guy that owned a new car store. So I took my wholesale business and I partnered up with him. Got it. And then eventually, I earned more and, and bought you him know, out. Bought, bought more shares from him and bought one other guy out. Got it. See. And so that makes there, sense. You start a from scrap dealership it was probably hard to do even then, right? Because yeah, I mean, entrenched in the business. Say, it's hard. It's hard if you want to say eighteen hours a day, seven days a week is hard. Right. Me, I enjoyed it. It was something I enjoyed. It wasn't hard for me because I loved right. what I did. There was nothing else I wanted to do but go work the street, go work the auctions, and go find inventory. I loved it. Got it. Got it. There's okay. nothing else. I mean, guys were on vacation. Here, I didn't go on vacation for 20, it's 99, 24 years. Yeah. 23 years. I'm not sure you'd recommend that to people, but you're right. I would. If you know, no, if you're passionate about what you do, forget, you don't need a vacation. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. maybe it's going to slow you down. You enjoy what yeah. you're doing, right? Exactly. If you're, exactly. if you're, my advice to someone is this if you're passionately into something, make yeah. it your all. Right. Give it your all, make it your all. Don't worry about going out. Don't worry about vacations. Don't worry about anything else. Make work your focus right. because the time's going to go by anyway. Of course. And you want to get to a place in life where, when you're in your 50s, 60s, where you don't have to do that. Right. So pay pay that due now and, and make wise decisions. I'm not saying you have to, you know, eat ramen noodles every day. Right. Be wise with, you know, because here, look, no exaggeration, for 15 years straight, I budgeted $3 a day for lunch. That's hard to do. Maybe okay. it's easier in Cleveland. I don't know, but no, it wasn't hard. It was, it was very hard to do. Right. But I made it work because yeah. it was something that was, it was needed. I had to figure out a way to save every dollar I could to get to where I am today. Yeah. No, it's a reflection of your drive. Really? Absolutely. All right. Well, why don't we do this? We're about halfway through. Mm -hmm. Let's take a commercial break for, I told you the people pay me some money. And uh, then we'll come back. We can talk a little bit about more about your book. And yeah, however you want to do it. Story. I think it's great. Sure. All right. Mm -hmm. Here's a word from our sponsors. Looking to market and grow your business? Or perhaps you're just getting started and want to hit the ground running. 
AWeber is the best choice for online email marketing and automation of your business. From maintaining a subscriber list to drip campaigns and landing pages, AWeber gives you tools and integrations that make marketing easy and fun. As our partner and sponsor, we use all their tools to promote the podcast and market our law firm. AWeber, the best alternative for online marketing. For over 30 years, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has built a thriving community of forward-thinking CEOs and business owners who want to radically improve their companies. Through unique combinations of one-on-one business coaching, participation in monthly TAB board meetings with other non-competing owners, a suite of strategic tools and customized strategic planning workshops, TAB membership can deliver greater strength to your business and a better work-life balance for you and your family. All packaged in a streamlined and affordable service that the people at TAB invite you to try risk-free. Maybe you're looking to get into podcasting or you just want to market your business. Maybe you want to do it for enjoyment or because you have a message you want to get out there. One of One Productions is a New Jersey-based studio just over the George Washington Bridge that caters to the booming business of podcasting. They offer a comfortable atmosphere using the latest technology available to record your podcast. And they are a full-service media company offering both audio and video production services, creating both audio and video podcasts, as well as video shorts for business and personal use. Professional audio equipment packages are available through their website for all budgets. And be sure to check out their podcast guesting kit created especially for our listeners. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. All right, uh, Nathan. So we are back. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit about, I mean, you and I could talk for hours about, um, you know, the keys to success and drive and different ways that people got there because, you know, you're, you're, you know, you did, you did it on your own. I mean, you, you did it with other people's help, but you went from, you said you have five locations and six brands and I'm sure that didn't happen overnight, but it took, you know, a lot of drive and focus and sticking with it and doing whatever you're doing. Now, do you have any partners or you own the business outright now yourself? I, I, I still have a partner. Um, okay. He, he and I have been partners now for 18, 19 years. Uh, we stay the original as, guy that you bought in with. Yeah, correct. And he, he's much older than me and um, we're very, very close. He's like a brother to me. So, from that perspective, he'll 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 be with me to the end. There's a loyalty right. factor there. I don't, yeah. If the guy's 90 years old, I mean, he doesn't work anymore. Or anything like no, this. of course, you're like his exit strategy. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. So exactly. it's uh, but there's there's a, there's a loyalty factor there to right. where. So did you got you guys acquired these brands together over time? Is that what some happened? of them? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Got it. So yeah. how do you? often hire like 18 year old guys to be salespeople or they're usually oh, sure. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would love to find and meet someone that shares the passion that I did, you know, and I, I recognize it in two seconds. You know, I know what it looks like. Right. I just haven't met that person yet. I have many people that imagine it or romanticize it, but when the push comes to shove, they just, they don't, they don't have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so wh- where do you think that comes from? Uh, I mean, I, I think you and I both agree. It's not like learned. It's kind of in you, but you know, you face some hardship, certainly with school when you're younger, it really wasn't for you. You were behind. You said, I'm yeah, out of here. There's a lot of guys that, I mean, I could, yeah, I could show you true. millions and millions of Americans that school's not for them. Right. I could show you millions and millions of high school dropouts. Yeah. And they end up I working on a coal mine for the rest yeah, of their life. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I don't think any of those outside factors come into play. Okay. 
the question is, how does um, LeBron James play basketball? Yeah. How does Tiger Woods play golf? Well, they practice I mean, I, a lot. Well, they practice a lot, but right. there's a lot of people that practice a lot. Yeah, they right. also have some natural skills and that. That's it right there. Right? That, that's it. So everyone has a, say, I'll say a higher power gift. Unique. Whatever you're. Right. But no, I'd say a higher, but not unique. I'd say a higher power gift, meaning. Right. Whatever, whatever your natural inbred gift is, find what it is. Right. Okay, so so Nathan, then what is it with you? Is it is it that you're a natural salesman? Is that because you know you love cars? Is it because you're just so driven that it wouldn't matter what business you're in? I, I mean, we got to put your finger on it for you. Like, why did it work for you? You know, these are things too. Sometimes you try to understand as time goes on. Yeah, sure. And we may not understand them as clearly as we'd like to. Right. And, I, and I'm still, I think, in that discovery so process. figuring it out. Yeah, yeah like, so trying to figure it out. Blessed. Yeah. Right, absolutely. Yeah, what what makes it tick, what makes it amp up, um, I think it'll be a life unknown. I, I don't know that I'll ever have an answer for it. Right, right. You know, the idea is just recognizing it, being aware of it, and then taking action when you do, when you do touch that prong. Yeah, no, I think you're right. People just, they're passengers in the car all life, and they don't really look for that. They don't try yeah. and find it, you know? Exactly. So, okay, so let's talk a little bit about your book. You mentioned mm -hmm. two books, actually, but you had come to me and uh, the pitch was about the Mercury Mind, mm -hmm. and something called Transcendental Psychology, right? Correct. Yeah. So, right. why don't you share things about the book and what that is and what mm -hmm. Transcendental Psychology is? So, okay, so the idea with the Mercury Mind is, is the title you know, reads. So, I, I brought that title into the mix. Because okay. it talks a little bit about what we're talking about now, where there's just a natural energies, right? So the goal in life is to align our natural energies. Okay. Such as like mercury as the element. See, mercury as an element, if I put mercury on your shirt or if I were to put it on your table behind you or the chair, it's not going to stick to anything. Right. But it will stick to itself. So if, if I put it on the table, it turns into these little BBs almost. Yeah. And if I put them into a container, they'll actually fuse together and become one again. Okay. Okay. We're talking mercury like in a thermometer. Correct. For, you got it. Right. Got it's, it. It's, it's liquefied at room temperature. Okay. Okay. It's the only metal that's liquefied at room temperature. Okay. Every other metal, obviously, you're sitting in a chair. It's not. Solid, right. There is a flash point where it will liquefy, but not at room temperature. Right. And that metal that you're, you're, you're sitting in could be a, a connection with other metals. But we're talking about mercury itself is mercury. Mercury will stick to mercury. It's a very unique element. Okay. okay? And I believe in our, in our minds, in our deep unconscious minds, in the way in which we were just born, there's a mercury connection. For example, you're sitting in an airport, you're sitting maybe somewhere, and you meet someone, you're working with someone, and you just get along with this person, male or female, it doesn't matter. And I'm not talking about attraction. I'm not talking about physical or sexual attraction. Right. I'm talking about you and this person feel like you know each other for your whole life and you just met. Mm -hmm. That's a mercury connection. Ah, okay. Okay. It's a mercury connection. You got two people that just become one. Like, I, I, I know this guy. I know this guy. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I know you forever. This is really something. And you can't get enough of that person, right? You ever meet somebody, you just can't get enough of them. You just want to hang out with them. Click, right? Yeah, you just click, man. That's a mercury connection. Okay. So I believe in business or in life, 
whether it's a sport, it's in business, it's a, maybe it's in, in school, you're taking a class, whatever it might be. You have to find that click. You have to find that mercury connection. And once you do, then you have to manage it. And okay. here's why. It's no longer you having to drive the energy. The energy is going to drive you. Okay. Okay. It's kind of like uh, you meet someone you're very attracted to. They want to get together at 5 o'clock p.m. You're not going to be late. Right. You're going to show up on time. Of course. They want to go to some place you never even heard of that you're not even into. I'm open-minded. Let's try it. Right. Because there's such an, an enthusiasm and such a passion towards spending time with that person. That is what it takes in the, in the professional sense. Where can you find, where can you tap into that piece of you mm-hmm. to then align it with your professional vision? See, if you can take that same passion, because it's in all of us. Right. If, someone's, if someone has fallen in love before, it's in them. Yeah. Because that... that, that do it once, you can do it again. You yeah. do it once, you can do it again. Now, the idea is how do you find that peace and alignment outside of a relationship with someone else? You have to okay. find it within you. See? Right. See, when we can find that love and that passion within us... And we can ignite those feelings within us without the presence of another person and then attach that to something else. That's what's going to get you where you need to go. So is the idea of the of the Mercury mind like finding the right people that you should be doing business with or partnering with? Or is it a methodology? It's for not a finding. No, I, no, it's the other way around. It finds okay. you. It'll find okay. you. You, you okay. see, when you when you're open, so I had a conversation with one of uh, my colleagues the other day. You know, okay, uh, he's actually a really kind-hearted guy, but he can sometimes be short. He can snap at people. He has a little bit of an edge to him. So a little impatience. Okay, yeah, could, yeah exactly. And, but it, it comes from a fear, right? It comes from a fear of letting people in and getting hurt. Okay. Right, insecurity. So sure. So I said to him, I said, "Look, you got a good heart. You can give your heart." without letting someone in. Okay. You see, you don't have to let someone in. So there's a balancing act here, right? So some people think, well, if I give them my heart, that means I can get hurt. Well, that's only if you let them in. You Makes see, sense. you creating that frustration between you and the other person, that boundary, that barrier, yeah, it keeps them out. But it also creates an additional barrier to make your life more difficult when wanting to work and deal with this person. It does. Sure. See, so the idea is how do I let people in without getting hurt? Well, how you do it is you just, you give your heart, you you be who you're going to be, be the kind person you're going to be. Right. That doesn't mean you have to let them in your house. That doesn't mean they have to sleep in your, in your house. It's you make that decision whether or not you let them in. Right. So we have to be able to learn how to decipher which, way we want to go with this person see and a lot of times to your point our own insecurity will say i'm going to take a chance on this person i'm going to let them in because right. we have emotional needs that need to be met and then yeah, this person lets us down sometimes but if you get burned enough you stop taking risks that's what happens you know well the idea and that exactly so i'm saying something a little bit different okay you know in your gut if that person's going to hurt you or not you know it we all do we all have that gut feeling Right. We have it. 
Right. If I think back to every single time I've been hurt by a person, I knew when I first met them, they were going to hurt. They just me. made the wrong decision. We're listening to. You weren't listening to your gut. Exactly. exactly. But that doesn't mean you can't be open. Just don't let them in. Right. And you don't have to not let them in because you're being stubborn. You're not letting, not letting them in because, look, you see a stray dog in the street. You're going to let it in your house? No, you shut the door nicely. You're not tantalizing the dog. Right. You're not, you're not telling the dog get lost. You just shut the door and you move on. Okay, we lost Nathan, so we will see if we can get him back. But it looks like today's episode is going to be over. We had some technical problems. We'll have to do that in post-production. So I thank everybody for watching today. We have one of one, of one in, an, in the audience and hopefully people on uh, YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook. And uh, wish everybody a, a nice uh, Thursday. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Accidental Entrepreneur. Opening and closing music written and performed by Howie Moscovich and Made to Order Music. For information about Howie and his music services, please follow the link in our show notes. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at The Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted by Mitch Beinacker and produced by Beinacker Law. If you'd like to learn more about our business and legal services, you can find us on social media or visit our website at BeinackerLaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.